Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Round 14 is in the books, and we have one and two, six points clear technically at the top of the ladder. That is going to be a very, very hard task for the Cowboys and the Broncos and anybody else who's trying to push to try and get a home final in the top four, bro. Yeah, it is. We, but we mentioned that uh, I think we'll think that will open up the competition come the finals in the fact that uh, I think you know the Storm and the Sharks need home finals in order to compete with those sides at the back end of the year. So... It really is setting it up for a nice, uh, I guess, final series because I think that'll that'll put the uh, the storm and the sharks on even kill. You saw what they can do at home, but you know you put that game up in North Queensland last night, and I think the Cowboys probably win it. So home field advantage, particularly going to Cronulla, um, is a is a really big advantage for them. Well, I don't feel too bad about Melbourne, and I think if anything, Melbourne's a little underappreciated out of these four. Usually, we do get the talk, but this year they're still not really. Speaking of Melbourne in the same vein, we beat North Queensland. It was at Suncorp. I understand that's not Townsville, but that's still basically... Yeah, but I think they're a harder team to beat in Melbourne. Everyone will agree Yeah, with that. 100%. So that, that's my point of view. I, I think if they had to travel, obviously it's harder. But I, I think even I underestimated where we'd be. I thought we'd be in the top four, but not as, as much of a danger. But the more football I watch, I actually legitimately believe we're a premiership threat now. Mm. We're not there to make up the numbers and maybe beat those two sides, I think we can easily beat both those sides. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I tend to agree. But and, it's uh, obviously running yeah, just still, past halfway. So. still early, but I think the big thing again, and we're about to talk about, oh, I was going to touch on third and fourth, the Cowboys and the Char- uh, the Broncos. Broncos grabbed a win to keep Canberra from jumping them, but they've got the Bulldogs hot on their heels, and then you've got the Cowboys who lost again. They're the most heavily affected by origin. Of course so th- those two, five or six... Melbourne, not so much anymore, and even with Chambers out, are doing such a good job because of the in-building of the junior Kiwis we've had come through for such a long time now. Yeah. So that has almost built a shield within a shield for us that when we lose uh, Cronk and Smith now, the Ford pack's so good, and then you've got a steady head, obviously, in Blake Green, and then you've got Munster, who, like I said, I really thought for the last two years it was going to be hard to miss Billy, but... It's no knock on him at all. It's a rap on Munster big time that I basically haven't really sat there any week and gone, oh, my God, I wish we had Billy playing for it. Like, Munster's been outstanding. So. Yeah, but imagine if you had Slater at the back and then uh, Munster in the centres rather if than... If he was healthy. ...one of your bit players. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's a big yeah. difference between him healthy and him coming back and going in and out. Like <laughs> Even the other year when he did string together eight or nine games, he was hurt the whole time and he was playing ordinary, really. So, um, yeah, I think... They've built up a bit of resilience now, but fast five to start things off. Best, worst, low, high, uh, any questions? What was your best? Well, I had a couple. The um, I thought the Panthers, their comeback obviously was pretty good, but I couldn't go past Melbourne and the Warriors. I thought they were the two best-performed sides. And I went and watched uh, the Tigers-Rabbitohs game live on Friday night, and they were pretty impressive as well. I don't know whether they were good or the Rabbitohs are poor, probably a bit of both, but... 
Uh, they were my best for the week. But, yeah, if I had to pick two, it would be the Warriors obviously beating up on the Knights, and that was yeah. an ordinary game. Yeah. But they are coming into some form, I think, and you're mob the storm. To win the nil in Sydney, um, it was impressive. Yeah, well, I've gone the same as I did last week and for the similar kind of reasons that I did last week again. It's the Storm and the Sharks. Uh, the Storm, obviously, clinical, 46 zip. They were brutal. The forward pack did exactly the same thing again. 2,000 metres to 1,200. We just absolutely dominated them in the middle. We picked on their left edge, and then after that, we went back there again a couple of times in the second half mm. and just kept exploiting a weakness. But uh, the Sharks side of things, why not? Probably this clinical. They got a 10th win against a fantastic side and one of the best board packs in the comp. And the second half is what impressed me. Because when you talk about finals football, you talk about line speed and intent and trying to win the territory battle. They didn't... It wasn't the Cowboys not doing a good job or penalties or anything like that. The second half, they just bashed the Cowboys in the submission. They pinned them inside their 20 for basically that whole half bar one opportunity when they got a penalty goal. Other than that, I was just... Thoroughly impressed with how brutal they were to the to the Cowboys in the second. I've half. still got my reservations, but oh yeah, I'll see what see what happens come finals. You I can't it's say just at the point now where I know who the top four is, so I'm just waiting for finals. Well, I was impressed because I thought the yeah, Cowboys. But, I mean, really, that that counts for nothing at this time of the year. Like it no. counts obviously for form when we talk about it, but now I mean the competition is basically over. The top four is done. Like you said it last week, you could run the finals for 16 weeks. Oh, yeah, like four I, I just play, hope, play each other every week. It'd I be just hope viewing. that no one does jump in like the Bulldogs or someone and take a spot off the Broncos. Well, it have to be because of injuries. Well, or this period you've got McCulloch out and you've got Origin players missing. So if someone like that jumps oh, in... Brisbane will come good. Yeah, I do hope so. But I'm just saying I would hate to think that one of them, because of this period, which is hurting now, obviously, slips out and a team like that gets in. But on the flip side of that, if we come first and you're telling me the Bulldogs are going to land fourth, I'm not complaining about that. No. I'd love to play the Bulldogs week one at home. Yeah, but I just think the top four is yeah. stands out like dogs of wolves. Well, the Cowboys, to me, are a lot more likely to get things back on track because their losses have not been... They haven't, no, one's belted the, no one's belted the Cowboys. They've no. lost by a couple of field 16 goals. 16 points over five games mm. that they've lost. Well, they're, all I could remember last night was a couple of field goals and last night was two to three points or something again. No one has dominated the Cowboys. I'm not worried about the Cowboys. No. I'm not worried about Brisbane either. Brisbane, I've got more reservation on than the Cowboys, but I think they've definitely got the, it's around 14, the room around to turn 15. things around. But there's more of the halves that are worrying me. Uh, well, who was your worst? Uh, well, the Roosters. The Roosters, yeah. The Roosters were the glaring one. I thought, obviously, Attitude. Newcastle were ordinary, but they seemed to at least put a little bit of effort yeah, in. They're children. But South Sydney are just as bad. But they're, they're probably flying under the radar because they're not horrendous. They're just ordinary every week, South. Yeah. Um, that's that's what we've talked about before. That there's a lot more going on there that meets the eye. Yeah, I thought the Titans were ordinary as well. I thought that was a game they could have won, but yeah, well, two early tries and then they I thought that blew. game overall was ordinary. And the Dragons yesterday were ordinary. Attack. They seem just to hang in. Yeah, hang attack in is games, awful. I thought Roosters were the absolute glaring yeah. worst of the week. They well, were their effort was horrendous. The one who bothered me as well, and he didn't have having too bad of a game in the end, but it was Jared. I love Jared, but he lost it. Yeah, he's he's like Jake Friend. He's just too used to winning, and he gets frustrated and. When Nelson hammered him and then stood over him, I was pretty impressed because that's only a baby. But the second half, he probably cost him a try or two because he got involved in scuffles with Glasby. He bought into it. And then two or three of the Roosters, again, probably shows where their heads at attitude-wise. A few of them stayed behind for the scuffle. Yeah. Melbourne played to the whistle because, as we know now, the refs aren't stopping for these fights. The best way to break it up is to say, play on. Yeah. And they stripped them short twice while they were too busy trying to start a brouhaha. Mm. So the attitude and just how things have been this year, it's all evident. Injuries have played a part too. They were basically unhampered the last couple of years when they went on that run. Mm. They've had dramatic squad changes, especially in the spine, but 
this year it's definitely all gone the opposite way. There's been injuries, there's been personnel changes, that the off-field incident. Um, and then, like, to get Corden back and get Pierce back and then you lose both of them again and now their origin plays ahead now, it's just been a bad year. And you're going to have one eventually. That's the reason why when people were calling for Robinson, I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. You just won three minor premierships and apprenticeship and had a gold run. It's not going to be all gold every single year. No. Um, but, yeah, this year, that, that, that weekend basically summed up how their year's been. It hasn't been the greatest one of all. Uh, what about your low light? Uh, well, probably that game. I mean, I sat down to watch it. It was a 7.30 game on the Saturday, um, and I thought it was pretty ordinary, to be fair. And I thought yesterday afternoon's game, yeah, the Bulldogs-Dragons game, was pretty ordinary as well. I heard him talking about it after the game, saying, oh, it was a really open game. And it probably was to a degree, but, I mean, the Bulldogs can't even kick inside their own 20. I mean, it's, yeah, it's look, ridiculous. Like that they're they're in barred the, by the yeah, coach. Right, by it's by ridiculous. Wilson. It looks... It's not a good look. So there were some ordinary footy games on the weekend. I think the gap's getting bigger between the top four and the and the rest. And um, you know the big thing, the though, games are terrible. A lot of the teams just don't have an identity. No, they don't. They're they trying don't. to be the same as everyone else. They're There's trying to be the same as the top four. Those few sides that are the top four all have points of difference. The Sharks know what they are. The Sharks are a tough, gritty side. Now they've got a couple of halves and they've got Barber there, so they've opened up their attack a little bit. But they're still trying to bash it through the middle make some yards, push some offloads, and then they'll shift early for Jack Bird or get, you know, Benny Barber involved. You've got Brisbane who can beat you a multitude of ways, but they've got a light forward pack and they like to shift to their edges and have their halves pushed in the middle. Melbourne's obviously playing that power game now, but they've incorporated some offloads and they can play a little more off the cuff. They were a bit mm-hmm. too loose at the start of the year, but they're one of the top offloading sides this year, so they've started to find a balance. Yeah. Well, the other one... All uh, these other teams, especially <coughs> the Dragons, you hit the nail on the head, and I said it last week, I can't watch them. It's painful. Yeah. It is dead Well, the other painful. one is the fact that Laurie Daly learnt nothing from Origin 1 and pretty much picked the same side. Yeah, well, the big thing, again, uh, a few people have put questions up. Well, we could answer it later, but I will answer it now. If Graham's out, does he pick Cartwright or Bird? The word is Frizzell just goes straight in. Well, which from is, Frizzell, I'd, I'd expect it. Yeah, after you're 18th man. As well, so. Yeah, so uh, obviously we don't find out until tomorrow night what happens with Wade Graham, which... I felt really bad last night, to be honest. When I, when I saw that tackle, my first immediate thought was he will get charged. No, well, he, he can't miss Origin for that. But, you know, my, my issue is the carryover points. Yeah, I know, we've been over that a hundred times. Yeah, but the carryover points are ridiculous. It shouldn't, they shouldn't apply to Origin games, I don't think. It's suspended for the next Sharks game. Yeah, but it, shouldn't, it shouldn't cost him a rep jumper. I'm trying to think when it was from. I think it's in the finals last year. I'm like, well, that's 50, last year. And last year, the, the slate should get wiped clean. It's a every We're 14 games in, and you're talking last year finals It's time. not like he's a dirty player, a repeat offender. No, nah, oh, he's been up a few times for shots, like trying to put shots on such as that, but he's not like you yeah, said. Yeah, okay, so what's, is, it, is it intent nah, or is it an accidental? It's accidental yeah. when, he, so has, I, when I he goes in trying to make it. I have an issue with if it's... If it's intent and it's repeated over... Well, I was bothered because I saw that last night and then I saw last week that they finally admitted how wrong they were with Tapio's shot. And I'm like, why are you admitting this, uh, you know, 11 weeks on? You were wrong then. We all knew that. Don't admit it 11 weeks on. but Graham's was nothing compared to Tapio's. No, that's what I'm getting. Tapio didn't get... That was a grade one. So, so if that's a grade one, knocking a bloke out after he dropped the ball and you knew what was going on, that's basically what I'm just saying. It's also rubbish that Graham knows it's a grade one. But, he's, but because of the carryover points, he has to go and fight it. And he's playing Russian roulette, really. Yeah. Right, it, it just depends on who lands there on the night, Carry what points. sort of case he's got. Carry Everyone, can, That's a grade one. What he did is grade one. It yeah. was it, There was no intent in it. It was an accident. Carryover points are rubbish. Get a slap on the wrist and move on. It shouldn't cost him a game. And, and it's not going to cost... The charge itself isn't costing him the game. 
No, it's the carryover points. That's what my problem is. The charge yeah. is fine, the grade one, fair enough, but it's the carryover points that are killing me. Yeah. Because that's going to co- technically may cost him his jersey. And we've been over this argument before. Like, it, an Origin game should be worth 300 points. Like, if he does something like Depau did, yeah, you deserve to miss an Origin for that. But last week, but this, last week's when they came out. Thurston also, off. Thurston slipped. There were a lot of factors that went into that. Even Thurston said it after the game. If he gets suspended for that and misses an Origin for that, like, we're kidding ourselves. Well, I it? heard him say that, and then I heard him with Paul Green again, and they talked about it, and he sounded a little bit like, well, you can't hit someone in the head, can you? So I was a bit 50-50. Yeah, but, but I mean, you can't, we can't. You can't hit someone in the head. No. We all know that. But he, he didn't mean to hit him in the head. No, he went up to hammer him and he kind of stuttered and he he, he slipped. He did, I don't think it was... Of course it, was he it was all a mess up for me. And there was no swing from Graham. No, that's Graham didn't swing his arm. You chuck the tap kind of swing in there. He's out cold. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, he, I, breaks, I, he breaks Thurston's jaw. In I was just bothered again because that popped my head last night. They said last week, they finally admitted 11 weeks on, oh, we got that wrong, and now he's up for a grade one again. And, and like I said, you set, they set the precedent. If that was a grade one, he shouldn't be charged. No. So that was their own fault. They set that bar. Well, but, and that's the Sharks have to do a good job, or New South Wales have to be smart enough to go in there and say, well, this wasn't charged, compare it to this, that, you know. Yeah, well. They have to be smart about how they're going to argue. Nathan Brown's this. getting away from him. And when, when's that heard? Is that tomorrow night? Yeah. I think the sooner the better that's out of the way and the less distraction for New South Wales. Yeah, I could see the look on his face and I had that feeling that he was going to get picked and this is all kind of lining up now and just have a field day with it for a day or two. So for his oh, sake, it is. It's going to be... They'll be talking about it all tomorrow and all Thursday. I hope the card casper doesn't come down. He deserves his opportunity. He does. So, no doubt yeah, about it. I was it. devastated at the time. But my low light was the Raiders' goal line D. Oh, that's um, terrible as well. They, exactly. But what I'm getting about Brisbane again, I didn't think Brisbane were that good. And Canberra found a way in the second half to score some points... But the only reason that lead existed in the first place, their error is sure. But what are you doing sliding on your line? They move off their line, cut down the time and space, and have your hip square. They don't score those three easy tries. Raiders probably win that game. They had all well, the picked possession. picked up after two or three rounds. It's, We've been it's, saying it all year. Glaring, We've both been saying it all year. Glaring It is very glaring. What I'm saying, it's just ridiculous. It's rubbish, they had right? all the good ball. They, didn't, obviously, they haven't addressed it. They didn't score all, obviously, in the first 20. But the first time they made a couple of errors inside their own, uh, you know, their own inside good ball, they just... Parked on the line, slid, and then I heard someone on the radio. I can't remember who, and I told you. It was Girdley, you said. Yeah, Girdley. I was talking about if Jack Watton was there, he would have said, I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, Zach Siena was good, but I thought that if Jack was there, he might have made, you know, the try-saving tackle they usually make. I'm like, the foot, how's the fullback get an opportunity when you're on your line? He's sweeping in behind, he joins in, whatnot. Like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. You talk about a fullback making a try-saving tackle. He shouldn't have to. From, you know, a decent position, maybe when they're five or ten out, and he's covering the space he needs to. And get him to the play. If he's last man, yeah. he has to make But run, on yeah. the line, that's not his job. His no, job not. is to be trying to track kicks, plug in if he can. And those blokes should be moving up, cutting down the time and space that they have as an attacking side. Mm. And he didn't even have to. Boyd literally held it, pu- double pumped it a few times like an NFL quarterback and fell over. No one touched him. Yeah. It was piss poor. Mm. So, and you look, like I said, you look at the end result, 26-18... They got those three tries very, yeah, very simple. They got the they got the points at the end in garbage time. The yeah, game was over. They were still gifted. The tries that the Brisbane got were gifted as well. Oh, Brisbane, I thought Brisbane were clearly better. Yeah. And I think Brisbane are clearly... It's, the top four is clearly better than the bottom four. I mean, if Cambridge is your fifth best side, or the Bulldogs are your fifth best side, then leave me alone. The top four are way better than those two sides. It's just something so minor. I think Parramatta are the one, the grey area side that could have got into the top yeah, four. They've lost but they're gone. They've so lost three or four of those players. That's what I'm saying before. So. I think realistically, you're looking at Canberra. Canberra and the Bulldogs are sixth and seventh ranked teams, really, because Parramatta are out. Yeah, and well, Parramatta would have probably landed in fifth, I would think. What was your highlight? Oh, the Panthers' comeback. Um, I 
was borderline turning it off with 20 to go, and then they produced that out of the blue. Uh, I mean, it was pretty heartbreaking for Manly fans. I can't say I'm crying for Manly fans, but... Um, yeah, well, I enjoyed it. Crying for, and then you got Daily Cherry Evans on there on Fox Sports analysing games when he can't even con- control the game himself. So, yeah, it was just great. Great to see Manly get rolled. So... Penrith come over the top of them, and Penrith were probably the best team for 15 minutes. Manly were the better team for 65, but still found a way to lose it. Well, I enjoyed it, but at the same time, I didn't take a whole lot. Again, like a lot of people flipped oh, out. I thought it was exciting. It was good. It was my oh, it was exciting, but it's a poor Manly side. Let's and honest. the other one is Wade Graham getting selected. Yeah. It's about time that they've we've seen the light and, and put him into the side. Taken long enough. My highlight out of that game wasn't so much the Penrith comeback. It was Cleary in his second game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, like I said last week, I was bothered that they took him to Bathurst, and basically the word was, oh, they're playing the Raiders, we don't want to expose him to that Ford pack. And then so instead you take him to Amy Park after Origin with probably close to the best pack in the comp and Smith and Cronk to debut it. That was, you know, to be a bit brain dead. But mm. uh, in his second game, again, I, I read a little bit into it. He, he played very, very well, but I thought Manly, obviously, a uh, bit of an understrength side on the park, but... He takes the ball to the line. Jamie Soward doesn't do that. His kicking game was very good. And I'm actually surprised they didn't let him do the goal kicking because he can do all that. Yeah, so. well, <clears throat> I, could, I could sort of understand why they didn't uh, let him go. Talk about the pressure of it. I understand that as well. But no, he, not that. I just think second game, he had enough on his plate. I, I get that. I think, you know, eventually he will. He look, will. Uh, he's a dead eye. He will be goal He's dead set a dead eye goal kicker. So. But at the moment, he, he, I agree, he doesn't need that on his, yeah. on his plate. Well, that, and I enjoyed last night. I know it was a bit grubby and penalty fest in the first half, but in particular the second half, like I said, the intent in particular when there's feeling in a game and one side just revs it up for about 30 minutes there when the Sharks were just hammering them inside their own half, three and four in, dragging them backwards. They couldn't get out of their own end, the Cowboys. I, I quite enjoyed the second half in particular. So, uh, yeah, that, that game was up for me. But questions, what do you got? Well, who comes in for Wade Graham was my main question. If he if he is suspended, who would you, who do you think comes in, and who would you like to see come in? Well, I think it's Frizzell, and I probably would go with Frizzell because what we've got there otherwise is three middles on the bench, and obviously you've got Dylan Walker, who I wouldn't have there, but I wouldn't start Cartwright, and I wouldn't start Bird in the back row. So I think basically Frizzell is the man, and they picked him as an eighteenth man. Mm. Uh, Merrin, I wouldn't play in the back row. Obviously, even if I did bring him into the side, he's not a back row. Well, I'd bring. Yeah, I'd probably bring Marin in and play and so start. I think it basically it has to be Frizzell. I don't know. I just yeah, well, who are our other options on the left edge? No, they, we don't really. They were basically it. <clears throat> well, Frizzell didn't play on the left edge yesterday, did he? Yeah, or he, he did. He flipped so, yeah. there, and he played him in the middle the other <clears throat> way. When Laurie Dale was talking about needing to see a bit more, he probably rang Mary and he moved in to play in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's the option. Uh, I. And the fact he was 18th man in Origin one. Yeah, exactly. What else you got? No, that's it. Well, I had will Graham get off? Like we obviously both think. I think well, he should. I don't think he should get off the charge. Like I think it's a grade one, mm-hmm. but I don't think he should be suspended. No, and then like I said, the bloody carry over in Origin. Too. You know. Well, the other thing was basically Origin. I was going to touch on it in general. We may as well bring it up. Kind of this question set up. We picked the same lineup. The two for me that were glaring were Walker and Morris. Well, People, I, I think if you're going to pick Walker, you play him in the centres and Morris drops off. I don't have a problem with that. If he's going to pick Walker and says that he's strong and he's yada, yada, yada. Um, he's a centre. Which or whichever, you pick, pick him in the centres. That means you drop um, Josh Morris out. And I'd also have dropped Blake Ferguson. I would have put James Tedesco on the wing. I just I thought Blake Ferguson was so-so. I, I don't know what the big love affair is with Blake Ferguson, personally. Um 
he just makes some crucial errors in NRL games that I think go uncriticised. Um, and then I thought his performance in Origin One was okay. It wasn't wasn't anything great. But I look at James Tedesco. I think he's a he's a game breaker. Uh, he's got the ability to carry the ball very well in yardage, and he's a he's a finisher. Like I just look at him and go, we have he should be in the side. The one for me, and I don't care. He's a ticking time bomb, but. The most biased thing I've ever heard, Steve Turner, the other day on Fox, he worked for the Bulldogs, he was standing up for Josh Morris saying he's been better than Leilua this season, basically, and that, that one game the other night, oh yeah, you can't pick Leilua off that. Leilua has been the best centre in the comp, bar none, this whole year. He leads offloads in this competition, he's equal first in tackle breaks, the only bloke even with him is his teammate Jordan Rapana. There has not been a better centre. Yes, he does have a bit of stupidity in him, but guess what, we need something different. We always go back to the well and do the exact same thing that we talk about. We pick to what Queensland's doing. We'll forget that. Let's pick a ticking time bomb. Let's get somebody in there. He could probably do what Justin Hodges used to do. Justin Hodges used to go around and light little fires during a game, fire some people up, get a bit of aggression, but his yardage carry, how powerful he is. Uh, are his decisions in defense the best at times? But probably not. But look at the system he's playing at Canberra. I'm pretty sure you could address that quite quickly. Yeah. If I'll... you're playing a different setup. In Canberra, they're basically holding off, and it's it's... You know, it's glaringly obvious. But I remember him at Newcastle playing jam and he whacked a few blokes. So, obviously, I reckon he's been okay in that regard because of that. But Josh Morris dropped a tap, for Christ's sake, in an origin game. I, I didn't think Josh Morris deserved to be picked to start no. with. And he wasn't in the side to start with. What, what, what Just, happened for him to get in? Dugan got injured. That comment yeah. again the other day, that like his, <laughs> his season in general and oh, that one game that I'm like, oh, that's so rubbish. Steve Turner. Tapping out still. Shouldn't be, you shouldn't be on TV. May Lewis still punched out 185 tackle breaks and a couple offloads in the right. When has Morris made anything close to that kind of dent or impact on a game? Mm. And he's been the best centre this season. Um, oh, yeah, he's been terrible. I would have rolled the dice. Josh We're going Morris. up there basically to me again to get beaten. If we're just picking, well, I can't. I can't tip us. We just I, keep if repeating. We win, it'll shock me because I can't. I can't pick us with the side. We just repeat the same thing over and yep. over again. And we half-assed it, like we said. We blooded a couple of people, but we wouldn't do the full job. We should have just followed through with it. Once we put three or four in, we should have made all the changes necessary. Yeah. Um, that's about it. Those two, Walker, Morris. Um, yeah, Walker. I would have picked Bird or Cartwright. They're there as development players. If he's playing on the bench, he's not a utility. This development player rubbish. Look, ah, it's crap. We, we're carrying one too many props. And Ricky, so I would have, I would have almost played Walker and picked a bird or uh, a bird or Cartwright. I'm not a big fan of Ricky Stewart's rants, but I was a fan of the one yesterday. Basically saying Leilu is not a development player. He done that four years ago, and no, I don't want him going to camp. So he's not going in. And basically, yeah, I just thought pick him or don't pick him. Yeah, it's yeah. he's been there four years ago. He's form warrants it, and no, he's not going to camp. Good. So yeah. I completely agree with him. It's one of the one times I will agree. Yeah, I, I 100% agree Ricky as well. Pick said. him or, or don't. And he said, Laurie is my mate, etc. and I will follow what they're doing. He goes, but he's either in or he's not. Yep. He's not Good going call. to camp. So. Good call, Sticky. Yeah. Queensland, no surprises. Uh, Miles had a knee injury the other day. He tried to get back on the field. He was struggling. I think the week before, he went off early as well. So the extent of that, they're saying he might need a mild clean I think, up. if anything, that makes Queensland better. Yeah, so do because I. Because I thought he's been terrible. in the first game. Yeah, so. and he's been terrible this year, and now he's got a knee niggle. So they get Lilliman in, you know, the old cement, as we like to call him. He's Barry Basics, but you know he's going to do his job. Mm. He's nothing outstanding. Which just means more time for Maguire. some of your other forwards. I'd yeah. start Maguire, or even, they were talking about start Maguire. I'd probably still let Lilliman take the crap time for 20 minutes. Yeah. I'd just give him reduced minutes, because, you know, Maguire can play 50, 60 if you need him to. Get him hammered. Why not? Minutes, Why would you bash Maguire when he made the impact that he did with Papali? Just make Lilliman well, do... Maguire can play 25 minutes since. No, he can play 60-65. Yeah. He's played full games at prop, so... 
Yeah, yeah. but Origin's different. Look, oh, I, I just say, look, Lily, you're going to you... play half an hour, you're going to play two fifteens, and Maguire, you're playing two twenty fives. You keep that impact between him and Pukali, I think, because they don't have a massive forward pack, and those two guys kind of swayed the momentum after they absorbed what we threw at him in game one, I thought. But I, I'd, all, I'd start Maguire, for me. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I'm 50-50 on that, but... I think you start with your best and you finish with your best. That's that's my philosophy. Yeah, well, that's all of our stuff. We'll do the questions first before we review the games. No gossip tonight. He's got another late one at work. He's moving up in the world, making some big cabbage. So, been a bit of a scrappy schedule this year. But first question, Kerry, did the Panthers get rid of Ivan because they expected Nathan to progress to first grade this season? So he wasn't held back. No. Nah, had nothing to do with that whatsoever. Everyone's speculated about this a million times. It's pretty straightforward. I think even Ivan was surprised, or would be surprised how quickly he's progressed this year. Look, I had a lot to do with the 20s last year. Uh, Nathan, at this time last year, hadn't made his 20s debut. No. He came in midway after He was playing Ron Massey Cup this time last year. Uh, And he just, he progressed and he's he's come a long way. And, you know, I don't think anyone would have held him back. Um, No. So that's, that's a ridiculous insinuation. And if anyone's insinuating that, they... They don't know what they're talking about. Look, Penrith have got a philosophy. If they're good enough, they'll pick them. And they've proven that. Well, it's pretty simple. There was a breakdown, obviously, between Gus and I. We spoke about this before. That's the only reason this would have fractured. There was disagreement, obviously, with the way things were being done. Yeah, but also, Gus was obviously of the view that Ivan was tired and Ivan wasn't the Ivan that was there at the start. I I don't know. I think that's a load of crap. I don't know. Look, I, I, I didn't have a lot to do. 20s didn't have a lot to do with first grade last year. It's I don't think I think people think that they're in each other's pockets, but we rarely, as a 20 side, you rarely see first grade because obviously we're training at night. First grade are training during the day, uh, and a lot of our games last year, New South Wales Cup were in between us. Mm. So, and and for those long travel games, which we had a lot of last year, we we played in Sydney. They they travelled. Yeah. So, no. I, Nathan's earned his spot on his on his own stripes. Yeah, Brian or at Stylo. Here's my question this week: Is Daly Cherry Evans really Draco Malfoy? <laughs> Who's that? I was about to say you don't know who that is, do you? No. He's the rich bastard child of Harry Potter, who's in the different house. He's, he's just a tool, basically. Yeah, well, so that's what I think Cherry Evans is a tool. Is he Draco Malfoy? He could possibly be the evil bastard from Slytherin. I, I, I might be with you there. Also, I hate when the Sharks win because that song gets stuck in my head. Yeah. I just think of that bloke who released that video the other year when he ripped off the origin speech and did all the different players. Up, up, Cronulla. <laughs> he, he's all right, but there. Oh, I, th- I think it's good that they've got a song plays after they win. A lot, not a lot of sides do. Melbourne's got one that's awful. It's yeah. so bad. And it's like full... Yeah, but not a lot of crowds do it. Yeah, no, it we went, we went and like found the guy and come up with a ballad. It's terrible. Every time I hear it, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. I don't like the Panthers one either. Is that still we've, play... we've only got two on Twitter. <clears throat> yeah, Twitter's usually a bit lower. Bit of a Facebook's on it usually flares up. Sad sack. There's usually 30, 40 always on Facebook. Uh, if it comes down to Bulldogs and Warriors for eight, this is Michael Thompson. Who would you be backing? Well, I'd prefer the Warriors. Well, I think if they played each other, the Warriors would win. I hope so. But, uh, but the Bulldogs got more points <laughs> and they're in a better position at the moment. So it, right now, I'd be backing the Bulldogs. Mm. Well, if you want me to go logically, I'd say probably the Bulldogs, if you'd want me... Who I'd rather watch, I'd rather watch the Warriors. But if you want my realistic opinion on either of them finishing eighth, I think they get knocked out probably anyway. Mm. Uh, the whole bottom half of the eight right now is almost a non-factor. <coughs> Jordan Palmer, uh, do you boys think everyone is not giving as much praise to Melbourne as they should? If any team, other team was missing their star fullback and centre and in the top half ladder, all the experts would never shut up about it. But seeing that it's Melbourne, everyone just expects it. Oh, I think they're getting their plaudits. 
Melbourne. I, I, I get strangely fascinated at the start of every year, and you're probably a little bit guilty of this also, is saying that, oh, this is the year they're going to slide. I just... No, I think we're, I'm saying we're going to be in the happens. top four all yeah. the time, basically. Until it happens. I'm just I saying just about being a, a genuine threat. Yeah, last you're a year, fan as well. You, you're always looking at the worst-case scenario. Last year, I said <laughs> the same thing I said this year. Top four, but I don't know if we get threat for a title. Mm. But I didn't see Glasby or a few of these guys no, developing just, as they for were. For me, I've seen it more over and over and over and over and over again. Bellamy getting 5 out of 10 or 4 out of 10 players and turning into 6 or 7 out of 10 players. And that's enough to get you from 4th to a grand final. And there's no reason why they can't make a grand final. He's done better than that this year. He's flipped flipped a lot over with injury. I mean, if there's one man you're going to back to do it, it's Bellamy. And then you put him around those players... I was happier this year with the squad we got because we went the opposite end of the spectrum. Usually we take old and get the last good couple of years, getting Chase Blair and a few guys that have kind of been... Look, it's in... not a shock to us, Jordan, anyway, no, is it? but he's so... been in bad situations. Like, Chase Blair's been at two bad clubs. Hawkins has been blocked off at Canberra. Nichols, I thought a few of those buys were better than what they usually do. I think Sterlow, the last two years, has said they'll miss the eight. He death rode us last year. He death rode you again this year. I think and... he said, I'm going to say it again, that they'll miss the eight. And then now he's saying, oh, they'll be in the top four. Mm. Thanks, Scoot. Yeah, well... So... I think a lot of them still aren't giving them as much. I just don't, and it's also, I don't know, like everyone was in love with Manly at the start of this year. I, I, yeah. I mean, you're going you're gonna to pick Manly to, to finish in the top four over Melbourne. I didn't know. A lot of people four. did. Like, a lot of people were top, saying Manly would win the comp. Top four was way too far. I oh. thought they'd get back in the eight with the oh, way they bought and didn't. just the way they are as a club. I didn't they're, see it. they're a bit like Melbourne for the last 10 or so years, but it's been awful. But injuries have definitely contributed to that. Mm. Alistair Locke, barring injury, will Jamie Soud and James Segarra see first grade again in 2016? I don't think they will. I wouldn't bother putting Soud back in, well, especially if Martin gets healthy. He's not going to be in your future. Well, I think if one of them is going to come back into first grade, it'll be Soud, not Segarro. Yeah. I Segarro is done. He's been told he's not getting a contract, so why would you bother him? He's now? done. He is done. Soud, yes, I think he probably will. I think Cleary will start to struggle in a few weeks. I, I don't know whether... You know, I'll look at someone like Latrell Mitchell. I think he needs a, a spell as well. There's a few guys that have been in and... They get to that six or eight game mark and they go a bit flat. So whether Nathan will or not, well, the other thing I don't is, know, but I if think he does, it, I think you put Sauer back in. It comes down to finals for me. This will be like the other year. He'll get a couple of games, and if Penrith fall out of contention, I reckon they put him back to 20s and they win that comp easily. Mm. Because their New South Wales Cup side, I think, sitting outside the eight and struggling. Well, I think more the opposite. I think if, um, if he's struggling, they'll drop him back, obviously, for a little bit. Um, but then you've got to work out who's the better half, who's the better option. And I think, I think they're going to make the eight. I don't, I don't see how they don't. I'm just saying really. that. If he's not, if they're not in the running for the eight, though, he will be playing in the 20s, and they will win the grand final. No, I would have thought if, he, if they're not going to make the eight, that he'll, he'll play him in first grade. Because you, the Penriths don't want to win the 20s comp. I, I know yeah, Cameron Stroudo might want to I win the I mean, at the end comp. of the year, he'll be playing 20s. And though. the 20s will want to win the 20s comp, but Gus won't want to win the 20s comp. He'll want Nathan to develop yeah, if and he's get his first grade and games. struggling and they are done for the eight. Yeah, but I think that'll happen before that. that. I think, give it a month, you know. If he is struggling weeks. and they are done with, it's logical that he will drop back down and they will he play won't. 20s and do they what won't. they've done. If he's struggling, yeah. That's what I'm getting at. If they're struggling, he'll put him down there for a week or two and then he'll bring you back up. Why would you bother? Because they've got a philosophy that if the 50 first done. grade games, the sooner you get the 50 first grade games, the better a football you are. Well, if they're done for the year. What are you going to win struggling. 20s again for? Well, if he's struggling physically and no. he's behind the eight ball and you're out of the eight, well, you're putting him at risk for. How are you going to put him at risk? You put him, you're going to bring him, back, him physically bring and him, mentally. Put him struggling. back and then whack him back up once he's good to go. I think that's going to happen before the, before the end of the year. Like, as I said, I'll give it a month, round eight, like probably after the origin period. 
you'll find he will go a little bit flat. But he might not. He might just kick on and surprise everyone. We'll see. Mike Wilson, why do people try and say Tony Williams' incident was a no-try when it's clear within the rules? I didn't have a problem with it. I thought, look, on review, I think it's no-try. You can't tap the ball over and gain an advantage. Well, it's a letter of the law of what they broke out yesterday. It was fine. And I looked... So what's the letter of the law? Well, they're talking about purposely knocking it forward, deliberately, which he did. Yeah, no, I don't think that's the rule. I think the rule is that you can't gain an advantage out of knocking the ball forward. He didn't deliberately do it. He looked to the side, went to pass it, and his arms get grabbed, and he's kind of deflected it into himself, and he's regathered. He didn't touch anyone. He caught it before it hit the ground, so it's not a knock on, and he did do it on purpose. I don't see how... I don't, can, I don't see how you can gain an advantage out of that. Everyone's standing around whinging about it. I'm not whinging about it. I just think it was a no try. Oh, look, looking at it, again, I'd be pretty filthy. If There's been ones the more. last couple of years where this has happened. Not so but much then again, if that happens again, as long as they award the next one a try, I'm, I'm happy with it. it. If that's the rule, then There's been two or three play. the last couple of years in contests. You're not going to convince me that it's not a try. That's no, happened. it's not a no try. I, I don't see how you can gain an advantage. But they've had that. two the last couple of years. I can't remember exact teams or names, but a bloke's about to drop it where you get the juggle and they've like punched it up and they've regathered and then they've played on and everyone's standing around whinging while they've run off. Play the whistle. The no, ball's not the reason, the reason he made the line break was the fact that he did juggle the ball. That's probably my issue with it i got no problem with it. I if he catches the ball cleanly, I don't think he makes a line break. He I didn't do it mine. on that's purpose. The camera clearly shows his eyes are out and he's tried to pass it. He's absolutely muffed. Yeah, that's it. like Wade Graham didn't head but high Jonathan Thurston. Play the whistle. Center. It was play on. The ball so, wasn't dead. He didn't knock it on. There's so, a lot of things that happen that aren't on purpose that still on. pulled up. So, so they're all bitching a moment about it. No, and I don't think it changed the game. It's either. been given way too much plaudits or fire considering Jared, it The, the classic one was Jared. Jared Hayne did exactly the same thing four or five years ago and it was disallowed. So I'm confused. Daniel Friend, can you honestly see the Blues winning game two? If so, how? Pains me to say it, but we are hundreds. Well, I'm the only one who tipped Queensland in game one, and I'm definitely not tipping (laughs) us up there in game two. We're going to Queensland. I think they're a better side. We picked the same side again. We've got too many middles. His interchange plan's horrible. And he picked a bloke as a utility who's not a utility. The Blues should have won game one. No doubt about it. Should have, could have, should have, could have, would have yeah. the last nine well, years. Congratulations and to the referees and all the rest of it. They, if the Blues were ever going to win a game, it was game one. I you can't touch them with a ten foot pole up there. But no. if they win, I'll be wrapped. But I can't see them winning. No, no. I can't see them winning. David Crellin, <coughs> do you think New South Wales State of Origin side has the best players we can pick? Who's missing? Could you find a spot for Cartwright? Who would he replace? Well, the well, best Cartwright will replace Walker. The best you could do is have him or Bird as the utility. Most of the side, I'm not worried about. Well, Leilua for Morris. Leilua's we've just spoke about. <laughs> I'd have Tedesco for Ferguson. I would have Tedesco in there before Moylan if he wasn't injured. I'd but... drop one of the props because I think we're a prop too heavy, and I'd play Fafita for at least 50 minutes. Yeah, well, we muffed there any changes <clears> before. <throat> There's four or five changes basically, and if uh, I'd have Trent Merrin, I probably wouldn't. If but, and then he'd come in for that front row that I'd drop. If and Corden is healthy, uh, he's playing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So and then if, if Corden is in, I'd still pick Wade Graham. So would I. I'd, so drop the, I'd, drop I'd the have them role. as my back rows. And Jackson could play your lock if uh, you want. Based on what I saw game one, I was I was all for Robbie Farabee and pick game one. I couldn't have picked nah. him for game two. Well, I think, um, look, I, I think Michael Innes should have been picked for game two. And Innes proved again last night when someone said he doesn't have a kicking game. I bet you he's forced more dropouts than Robbie Farrah has. He put a couple of cracker kicks in the Oh, I've got no time. doubt. Yeah. He's Rob, inside Robbie, Farrah, Robbie Farrah ruined us in good boy. He, I think Robbie Farrah, I'd almost blame Robbie Farrah for the reason why we lost game one. Well, because he stifled our, go, our good ball Held attack. the football, drifted across field, and a few times he kicked on third and fourth. What yeah. are you doing? 
At least Innes Whereas Innes will just do his job. And, yeah. and last night when he did kick, though, he legitimately had opportunities to on the Look, and I think there's, there's things that Ennis does that Farrah doesn't do, which is purely that, like good service off the ground. But I think there's a lot of nice little things that Robbie Farrah can do, but he just wants to overplay his hand too much. And I think there's a little bit of that in Bird and Gallon and Farrah in the fact that you haven't earned the right to control the team. Like, none of you have dominated an Origin game before. Tell me a game that Robbie Farrah's dominated and won for New South Wales. No. He had one big... He had the big Gallen game. Had, Gallen had, obviously, the 80-minute game. Oh, and Bird's all that. got a couple of man of the matches, but that's that's more getting around, putting shots on, just being a bit random. Not but that. he's never really taken the game by the scruff of the neck, no. and you've gone, he is the best player on the field. No, not won us a game. No. They're going, his impact has got him the man yeah, of the But match. my issue with that is, is that they've had enough cracks at it to do it. They've had a million cracks. And that gets you know, on If ours. we go back to our... You know, the dominant New South Wales sides, you're looking at guys that, that dominate at least two out of the three games in a series. Hmm. Well, we get on to our next question, which is that, how long do you pick players based on loyalty when they keep losing? Has been talked about for a long time and written about by Paul Kent today. There's no loyalty in losing. Well, we've been saying the same thing the last couple of years, and we put the photo up that Brock put of Einstein saying, if you're going to keep repeating the past, you're just doomed to fail. Basically, if you're going to keep doing the keep same, doing the same thing, you get the same over time. and over again. What did Paul Kent write today? I didn't read it. I didn't read it, but it's basically what we're talking about. We've said it a hundred times. Then why do they deserve to get picked again? Mm. He's like, oh, I need to be loyal to him. You don't need to be loyal to him. They haven't won. No, there's no, no one loyalty. In the last ten years, we've no lost. loyalty in losing games. Queensland, the opposite. They have the right to be loyal. Currency, currency is winning. And as a football player, and as a sportsman, and as a coach, your only currency is wins. And we pick the same people over and over and over again. Mm. <sighs> Dominic Coogan, if Queensland keep winning, will Origin be dead in a couple of years? All banter is gone. I long, no longer feel like we will win. I think if this was Queensland getting hammered, then it probably would die. But I think a new, Queensland will never get bored beating us. No, they'll never get bored beating us, and we don't pick the right side. And I think we've got a decent enough crop right now if we made the changes and maybe suffered through this year. I think we maybe... Yeah, but see, I don't think we would have suffered. If you just picked the form team... I think we could have jagged a win and almost the series, but if we didn't, I thought we'd be ready for next year. If you pick your best side in game one, you win game one. You would have gone close. <sighs> you I, also I need, don't think it's a no-brainer. We also need the right coach, which is the other thing I've been crying out for, because the way we play is wrong. Yeah, it is. Right. They all play different than what they do at club. We need the right put, coach. I, I analyse the game. I went through the game last week, had a look at all the interchanges, and if, if anyone can send us a message or put something up on Facebook or Twitter and explain to me what the game plan was or what the interchange plan was, I'd love to know. Because it's non-existent. And this is the elite level of the game. And we're getting mismanaged at the the top. Yeah. Graham Wright, what happened to NRL expansion after the $1.9 billion TV deal? It seems to have dropped off the agenda. Surely... With all that cash, it should be near the top of, of things to do. Well, I disagree. Well, Graham, look at Newcastle. We don't have the talent to distribute around the competition. Don't worry about the money. And then you've got to think that only two clubs run at a profit. So if the NRL has to float them and they've got people coming with licenses, are they financially viable? Are the owners in there for the long haul? Are they going to look to privatise and offload? Have they got the money to sustain it? Because the only two teams that made a profit last year, I'm pretty sure, were Brisbane and South. Penrith. And South, the only reason they ran at a profit last year is because of the fact they won the premiership the year before and memberships, now they've got Packer on board. 
So two no, or four days. No, there was more than nah, that. No, I listened to it literally yesterday. They talked. Penrith thrown at a profit. Well, they talked yesterday that everything that was announced, and it was only two teams that were in the green. Penrith thrown at a profit. So there was a combined loss between all of them of close to $70 million, $72 million. Yeah, look, it's getting better than what it was because every side used to run at a loss. But $1.9 billion isn't going to go too far. And then distribution Forget all that. Forget that. The, the, the fact of the matter is, is that players, you look at the depth in, in squads now. Yeah, distribution of talent, sort of stuff. Not distri- distribution of it. Just look, them, at, look at the sides once they lose their origin players. Yeah, it's not distributing the them, talent evenly across because that's what the salary cap's supposed to do. There's not enough talent. And the salary cap doesn't do that. Yeah, the distribution talent. of talent isn't down to the amount of players that are available. If we don't have enough players it's to the cover fact that we've got teams. squads of 25 that train full-time, and then your 26 dude is a tradie or he's got a part-time well, We don't job. have the talent. That's the problem. No, they should pump the money in and increase the amount of players that are training full-time. Well, then you should. will increase the depth. All these Australian and then you increase boys. the depth, and then you will have more players. Yeah. And then you can then... They don't increase. have the talent for a reason, for what you've just said, and they all go to English Super League because they can't get a run at a club, and they quit early instead of being well, the Australian no, there's no excuse for that junior anymore. they used to be. So. No excuse for that anymore in the fact that the cap's gone up. So we should just give the players more money. Which is fine, but it doesn't fix the fact that, you know, so you're going to give them, just because you increase the amount of money, you're only fixing the top end, not the bottom end. Forget the top end. We've said it before. You need to extend the Yeah, but that's the what the salary cap does because Greg Inglis and all these guys are going, oh, well, I'm, going to, I'm only going to sign a one-year deal so I can cash in at the end of it. Now, they need to extend the squad so people like Jacob Miller who have an argument with Benji Marsh from the Tigers don't just bail to the Super League who's potentially an Australian schoolboy in a gun oh, half. You could go league. through. There's 50 players in the Super League that could be playing in the NRL. Well, the, the problem is all those guys are the younger, talented ones now who bail out earlier because they can't get enough scratch to hang around and get a chance to develop. So that's what they need to fix. Those guys shouldn't be Yeah, but in the, the also, okay, so you're going to expand the competition. You can't expand it by one. No. There needs to be two. So you're looking at 50 players right now. You can't, you don't, there's not 50 players there no, that not. can play first grade. There's Newcastle, not Newcastle, sorry. Well, look at Newcastle. They can't, you're, they're in New South Wales. If you're, going, if you're going to two places again, and we've said this 100 times and everyone goes about the uh, expanding, it's not really that much of an expansion bar Perth to me because the second team has to go to Brisbane, I think. Hmm. Where else does the other team go? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One goes to Brisbane. I think Perth's a definite. If you talk about expansion, goes to Perth, but yeah. another one in Brisbane Central is basically Perth, just taken up New that Zealand. massive catchment area which they've got. Who knows? Brisbane could do it some competition. Question two: Who would win a fight with you and Brock, and what would the tactics be? Well, we don't fight. We so. don't fight, and if we did, we both got massive heads. We just break both our hands. So Probably. I think we'd be wasting time. We wouldn't be able to do enough damage. Legends of the turf, best coach to replace Daly after the Blues. Lose 3 0 this year. Cleary, two of him, maybe even Hasler if he leaves the dogs. Cleary. And then Luke Tomlin's under it said, Why can't Joey Johns have a crack? Oh, please. Going to give Joey a crack. Well, he well let's it. just give every ex, ex Blue a crack. He, he get even, a coach, a guy that knows how to coach, and get him in there to coach. 
Yeah. Not just half. It's ridiculous. And then even his That's changed. our whole problem. That's the problem. That's our philosophy. Yeah. Get a coach to do Why don't we coach. just bring back Tommy Radonikas? Get a coach to do a coach's job, not exactly. these random ex-players. And even like last and year. And Cleary's your best candidate at the moment. He had Blocker and Lazo and... Yeah, great. Really in touch with the modern game. All these guys floating around camp, and then you look at the other end of it, they have Meninga, but he's got Michael... We can't compare ourselves to Queensland because they've got the better players. Yeah, but even still, the camp itself and the staff are completely different. Michael Hagen has actually coached at this NRL. I still think there's a big Mickey Mouse. There's also the same as ours. They're still matey-matey, and they've got guys hanging on. But they've got got Cameron Smith, who's a coach on the field. They've got Cooper Cronk, who's a coach on the field. His left and right-hand man are two former first-grade coaches who have a decent reputation. But we don't have that. No, we don't. That's what I'm getting at. We need an edge. We need a good coach. We need a better coach than that. He's flanked and himself. And we still might not win. He's flanked himself with the right people. We don't. We've just got a bunch of random hanging around. I, I don't think I can't, you can't compare yourself to Queensland. They've got the great side. That's fine. And I'm with you with, on that. But he's got two blokes who actually have some idea of what's going on around him, which is obviously a lot more it helpful starts at the top. than a bunch of players Ke- floating And around. even Kevin Walters, I look at him and go, okay, yeah, you're not really exciting me. I think there's a lot of better. Like if you said to me, you can have Wayne Bennett or Kevin Walters, I'd yeah. much rather have Bennett. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Cleary at the moment is the obvious obvious one. Tuvi, I don't know. I, I, I could live with Tuvi. I could at live least, with Tuvi more than Daly. Coached and yeah. I didn't think he should have lost his job last year anyway. It wasn't his fault. The, no. the board separate and everything. He just fell on his sword because before the factions came in, he was on the opposite side of it who wanted to keep Glenn Even guys. if Gus wanted to have another crack. There's get, a few give Gus like the job. Huey Law, do you think Daly is playing games that he will put burden and utility over Walker? When was that said? Nah, I don't think he's playing games. He'll leave things as is. Don't think he's that smart. We should. He'd be better off picking one of them as a utility, but he didn't even use his utility. So what's the Bird point? as in Jack Bird? Or yeah, Greg's Bird? talk about. Okay. Jack Bird. Jack Bird. Over yeah. Walker instead of a Walker. Well, I'd play Cartwright over Jack Bird. Yeah. But anyway. Chris Crow, why don't any of the ex-players on TV as pundits ever criticise Laurie? They all just justify what he is doing. It seems a proper boys club. Uh, Parramatta letting players go to get under the cap or make room for Hayne. And will they make the same mistake South did, losing everyone to get? Well, seven? I think they already have, really, haven't they? They've shedded some. Well, Paul good, Kent, like Pete. They were talking to the bloke who's trying to do the takeover yesterday on Triple M NRL, and they're basically talking about documents that have been found that they were already in planning or had things in place to be cheating next year and the year after, and they're still over the cap right now. So they've still got some changes to go. I don't think Jared, getting Jared Hannon is that simple, and they haven't got Norman locked up yet. And even if they knock him on the head from extending the contract he's got now, which is about half a million, that's still not enough to get Hayne back in. If his last nominal contract value was 800000 you're not under the cap. Yeah. That would basically mean no Norman and maybe stripping out another two players to get him in. Well, I've heard that Parramatta aren't keen on Norman. Well, not anymore they're not, but if he's only on half a million well, now... That's what I'm talking about now. Well, I don't think... And they've still got to get under the decks because basically there's literally documents saying about the cheating And we're probably also forgetting, doesn't Norman go to court next week? Oh, I don't know when the court date is. I can't I'm remember. pretty sure it's next week. Yeah. So, you know, look, I, in, in terms of criticising Laurie, well, <coughs> no one ever... I think Paul Kent's probably the only one that really does. Doesn't criticise him, but at least he asks him some hard questions. Yeah, like, I, I, would have, I would have liked Kenny to ask him about um, his interchange plan and, you know, what Walker's role was going into the game, like a few different things, but... I think he's the only... And he's obviously mates with him in the fact that he comes on the show every week. Yeah, well, so it's them, difficult for him... It's difficult for all of them to ask him a question. Of them, but, but that's yeah. what they're getting paid for, to give an opinion. So yeah. there's two ends of the spectrum, though, because we'll talk about this yesterday when uh, we brought up Shane Warne. A few people said he was too 
harsh in, back in the day or some of the things he said about Stark and that, but at least he's got an opinion. That's what he gets paid for. Yeah. Yeah. And these these guys do as well, but they do exactly what they just said, despite the fact we've lost nine of the last ten. All the New South Wales blokes go, oh, I think I understand what Laurie's doing, or Laurie might be trying to do this. You either agree with it or you don't, so voice your opinion. Yeah. That's more what we should be doing. Queensland ripping if they don't agree with something, or they rip on their own players a lot of the time, and it seems to work. They plant the seed a little bit. But... Well, I'd love. I wish Gordon Tallis was a New South Welshman. I was about to say, if there's one bloke you, I wish was he was in care, it's Gordy. Gordy every week. If he's got something to say, he just says it. He doesn't care. Yeah, it's outstanding. I love it. I hope MG gets after after a few. If uh, we get beat again here, we'll see see if someone does get after it. Amanda Pereira, love the show, guys. Question: Could we come up with another phrase for playing like a girl? Last week you said Aaron Woods looked like a girl and played like a girl, <laughs> but I reckon the girls. I've seen play footy are anything but soft, and they have much better hairstyles too. I'm sure you boys could come up with something witty to use instead. Uh, softer than the judiciary on JT is my best effort. Cheers, guys. That's probably aimed at me. Yeah. Well, I still don't. I don't take it back because he does look like a girl. He's got a girl's hairstyle. Yeah, but he's got a like G- I don't. He's got a Jesus girls thing. don't walk around with shaved heads, really, do they? Like, and I, the school I teach at's got a girls rugby league program, and I often say to the teachers there that the girls' program is better than the boys' program and I reckon the girls would beat the boys. So I, I know exactly what girls' footy's like. Mm. You know, so it's not a... Definitely wasn't a slight on the female sex, that's for sure. It wasn't a sexist comment. But I just wish Aaron Woods would get a haircut. Simple. It'll be softer than a bunch of Tontane pillows. How about that one? Yeah. Well, Tontane, good brand. I like and I'm Tontaine. glad you listen, Amanda. I'm yeah. sorry if I offended you, but I didn't. I yeah. didn't certainly didn't mean no to. No offence, man, but that's the best one I've got. Softer than the pile. But I'm sure you would agree, Amanda, that... He, he, you know, if you're, you were dating him, you wouldn't want him with that haircut and wearing a band across his head. Jesus beard. That out. girls wear. Jesus beard. It looks out, like too. he's going to church. Jesus beard out. Get rid of it. Get rid of it all. Clean shave. Save it off. Nut cut. Yeah. <laughs> Prison cut. Get the razor. One all over. Just yeah. one big fucking three o'clock shadow all over the face. That's exactly. what you want. Get all that happening. Luke Tomlins, he's under this one. Nice work, Amanda. The Gillaroos versus Ferns game early in the year. Was excellent. They played harder than I've seen South Sydney play. <laughs> Go, hey, Lukey. Going for the job. Sean Chin, assuming Penrith see Moylan as a flyweight in the future, who out of him, Cleary, and Tamari Martin would you let go or would you find space for no, all you three? find space for all three. You find space. No you problem. leave him at fullback. I've said this a hundred times. Everyone's like, oh, he's not playing six. He'll be a 5'8". He origin. came through the juniors. Oh, I can't say this anymore. He came through the juniors as a six, couldn't even get a run in the 20s and struggled in his own position because he's not great as a natural ball player and guiding a side around the park. Moving to fullback highlighted the set of skills that he had as a junior 5'8 when we used to play against him, which was running the football. He never organised anything. He didn't even kick. He used to run the football. Going to fullback was the best thing he ever happened. Oh, look, I've got no doubt that Moylan could play six, but he's now playing state of origin at one. Yeah, Why the hell 100%, would you um, move him to six he played when he's playing state of origin at one? What got him to this point, though, I don't care about that. Fullback. care about now. Playing right now. fullback is and what moving got him. forward. Who cares? But he's playing Origin at one. Yeah, hundred percent. There's no way that you change it. And and why would you move into five eight when you've got two good young halves? Exactly. But I'm saying he I, had I, I am confused. Optimal opportunity all the way through at six and never succeeded. Moving to fullback, I think he could play six. Moving to fullback is what's got him to where he is now. I don't know what all this talk play. about playing sixes when no, they've got well, two good young halves. It was more because. Uh, Sowell and Wallace were there, and they were struggling. That's where the five eight talk yeah, came from. You've now got, you've got two. Uh, two good young halves, and you've got Tyron May there as well, who 
are all better than Moylan at, at playing in the halves. Moylan hasn't played. When's the last time Moylan played in the halves? Not since the 20s. There you go. So get, forget it. Move on. There you go. He, he didn't, he didn't even get a game in the 20s as a half. Move on. He got it as a fullback after five blokes got injured, which There's is no now that I'm picking him in the halves. Why he's in grade. So if you can't even play in the 20s at 5'8 and you're playing fullback at state of origin level, that's yeah, where it's at. I'm not picking him. Nigel Huntley, just want to know why everybody assumes Brisbane are over the cap. I can only think of five players that we've actually bought James Roberts for Hodges. Blair for a bargain, Boyd because of Wayne, Mill for 500k and Greg Eden. The rest of the team are brought up through the local ranks. I know third parties are a big bonus too, but it's not like we pay overs not over the cap. or buy any big stars. They're not over the cap, but they're probably spending four or five million on TPAs. And basically people... Which puts them at an advantage. If they just said the salary cap's 10 mil, no TPAs, then they probably would be over the cap. But what the NRL needs to do is make it clear and fair for everyone. Yeah, and but there's no doubt they're, they're spending more money than everyone else. But they're not doing that illegally no. at, at the moment. Under the parties system, allow you to. It's legal. That's what we're getting at, though. Teams basically, it's not cheating, but it should be really. There has to be well, some kind of regulation around it's it. It's not because, cheating because no, it's not against. But it the rules. needs to be regulated because there's a couple of sides that dominate it. The Bulldogs are in the same. Of course, place. but it's not illegal. You it's can argue every time when we see the Bulldogs re-sign somebody, they can pay ridiculous and it's amounts spin of money from the NRL. It's it's bullshit spin, and and as. As long as the current rules are in place, like you compare Titans to Brisbane, they're within an hour of each other. Who do you think's getting the getting the player? If, if they want to go to South East Queensland, where are they going? One's got all the sponsors. They're going to Brisbane. One's got all the sponsors. Based on the current system. No different than the Roosters. Roosters. And, and while ever that exists, Brisbane are going to be at the top. Titans are going to be in the bottom. Yeah. There needs to be better regulation of third parties, basically, Nigel. That's why everybody Simples. is upset. And players can stay for less for that reason. They're not missing out on the money. Don't worry about that. People aren't going there. On the cap. Yeah, because then they just get it off. They're not missing out on the money. That's what I'm saying. People aren't getting unders. They're getting it in a different way. That's the downside of this not being regulated. And there's only a few teams, in particular the Roosters, the Bulldogs, and the Broncos, who have excess third parties compared to other clubs. So that's why a lot of people get angry. Uh, And the internal development is good. But yeah, they did steal Milford back from Canberra. They took Pangai back from Canberra. There's a few that they've let sit the last few years. So uh, a bit different there. But there's all the questions from you guys out there. We'll review the games from the weekend. Thursday night, speaking of the Broncos, 26-18 over Canberra. Early on, uh, plenty of football. They were rolling quite well. I thought they were in with a chance, but as soon as they had a couple of errors in their own half, that absolutely awful goal line defense that we spoke of, instead of moving up, staying square, cutting down the time, let's just stay in our line, turn sideways and slide until someone falls out of the line. Yeah, I just think Brisbane were better um, for probably 60 minutes. They clocked off at the end. Canberra's goal line defence hasn't improved. Uh, I think Canberra are a top eight side, clearly, but I, I don't think they're going to compete with the top four teams. Well, that, Pretty simple. that simple facet, unless that gets fixed, they're not a threat at all. If they could Even fix, if it does get fixed, I still think... But if they can defend their line, they've got a decent chance because they can attack. Mm. But they just refuse. I don't know whether it's ignorance or they just don't see it in the video or what it is, but it's terrible. It's I just don't think they're, uh, they're, sh- they're mentally strong either, Canberra. They, they look like Bri- they ter- Brisbane turned away a few times on their own line and then they went down the other end and Brisbane scored a couple of tries. Like I just think they're mentally weak a little bit as well. They've still got a little bit of learning to do. I think for them to finish in the eight this year would be a massive result for them moving forward. Well, the other thing I'm still seeing as well is And then struggle. next year, I think they're a top four side. I still think there's a struggle between all three of the key players because Hodgson's been so dominant, but Austin's there and he wants the football. And I think Caesar's been a lot quieter the last few weeks as well because yeah, they're all carrying, trying to get their share. You're then moving Hodgson into the halves late in the game. Yeah, What's that all to about? To get Baptiste on. 
But why that's Baptiste? What I mean. Hodgson can play nine the whole game. Too many people to stir it. Well, I think yeah. Baptiste does a really good job. Too. I, do, I agree, but, but Hodgson's your best nine. There's too and many. He can play eighty broth. So you're playing for eighty. It's a no-brainer to me. I, I don't get it. There's too many cooks more in the broth. But their they, strength is their forward pack. I'd pick another forward on the bench and just go ape shit on sides. Well, you'd wish, but I think I just wish they'd work together better as a unit because at the moment I think it's all separated. Yeah, as well, well like, you know, in that argument, if you're throwing Baptiste in there, you're only mixing that up even further, aren't you? You got four blokes. Well, there. he was outstanding. His attitude, he's been good. Yeah. I'm not saying he's effort. not, but you're confusing. You're adding another person into that mix. But they're all kind of fighting against each other. Hodgson sometimes looks like he wants to run, but then he's got both of them barking at him, and Caesar doesn't seem as dominant a personality as what Austin. And Caesar's not playing as good as he was at the Titans. No, but after the first few games when he came back from his injury, he seems the quieter personality out of those two. So everyone wants to have their crack. Or well, he seems to me like he'd he'd be following what Ricky wants, whereas Austin's very much off the cuff. Yeah, well, that's basically how he plays all his football. Yeah, and I just don't think that suits Caesar. I mean, that that means really, and as you said, he's not as dominant as Austin. He's he's going to miss out. On, on the share of the ball, I'd imagine. But they need to work on that. I thought Rapano and Leilua again, uh, every week they try their backsides off. Well, it's a form edge in the comp. The metres, the tackle breaks. There was a few errors or penalties the other night, but you can't doubt the effort. Uh, on the flip side, the Broncos, Corey Parker, that bloke's just ageless. Yeah. Dead set. I thought Gillette was very good. Uh, every Boyd week. was very good. Look, just the little things about Gillette as well, when people go, I don't see what you're talking about. You need to really pay attention. Some of the work he does, and first contact. His first contact is ridiculous. Yeah. He hammers blokes. He absolutely hammers them. But Broncos still a little bit flat. Need to get a bit out of their halves. I don't think Ben Hunt would be this flat for so long, but it has been a great year so far for him. Hopefully he can turn it around. Both these sides have the bye this week. Tigers 30-16 over the South. Sydney, uh, South, it was a typical game as far as I'm concerned. Just an error fest. I thought they were flat. Reynolds, I thought, was terrible, but he looked hurt, which is not a real positive for us for Origin. I don't know if it was knee or ankle, but he didn't look healthy or happy at all. Um, Burgess going off from a silly tackle where he didn't need to touch Moses, but he decided that, to run That him. was a tactic. They were doing it all night. Yeah, they were hitting kickers, but he hit him in the air late. That, and but it was obviously by. a tactic. It was just stupid. They spent they, they spent all their time and effort trying to belt the kickers. Ridiculous. Just, and he injured himself. Was he did. It was dumb. Very stupid. Dumb. They, they're... They're a rubbish team's house. They're a rubbish team oh, to watch. The attitude's their horrible. This body language horrible. is horrendous. Like, oh, I, I don't know what's going on there, but it's not good. And it's going to get worse it's not because good. now, I don't. Burgess didn't get named, did he? He's injured. No, he did get named. He did get named. But well, he's busted. I he's, thought they were talking about him. going to play. Busted collarbone the way they were talking. Well, they and said busted collarbone. Goodwin's injured, so he's out as well. So now Talakai, who, Sasifa, who's been pretty good in his early contributions, he's gone... <laughs> Straight from 20s to being a junior Kiwi to playing first grade now because they got no Sutton, no Hunt. Uh, Reynolds has obviously moved into Origin. Burgess has been on and off this year. Uh, but the errors, the errors and the attitude that you're talking about, they're hard to watch as well right now. They're very hard to watch. The Tigers on the flip side, though, they still have that thing where you thought they should have put that game away, but they let South grab a try once or twice and get close to them, and then they skipped away again. Hopefully, hopefully South just end up out of the eight. I don't. No, you don't see them in the eight. Out of all those sides that are in the mix, Jesus, I don't want to see them play come finals time. No, definitely not. The Tigers. The but best. I, I, what you said about Reynolds is right because I, at halftime in the game, I said to I watched, my partner, I, I watched said, the second half on the Josh, TV. Josh, is uh, Adam Reynolds playing? And they kept flicking it onto him, and he was limping and with the trainer every two seconds. So I don't know what that's saying heading into Origin if it was yeah. a knee or an ankle, but he wasn't looking good. So no. uh, I don't know what the deal is there. But the Tigers, the highlight of the night for me, and the only real thing that got me excited out of this was the, the try off the kickoff. 
Yeah, that was good outstanding. Footy. They were uh, being down at ground level. They were very physical. The Tigers. They really took it to South. Um, and James, watching James Tedesco live, uh, he's incredible. The, mm. the ability to beat the first tackle and um, how fast he is and how elusive he is, he's uh, a quality footballer. Yeah, he's all class. The Tigers are still hanging around, even though a lot of people, even including us, I didn't really think they'd be around. Yeah, I don't. I'd, uh, they're going to finish higher than what we thought. Well, a lot has to go their way, but they're still in the hunt. They're still hanging on. This is A lot of people tipped them as a spoon. This is six wins and a week off now, so they'll come back from this and we'll see where they go, what happens with the off-field stuff as well, which is obviously continuing. God well, knows yeah, well. Taylor's just got to stick to his guns. It worked. Yeah, well, he's trying to stick to his guns, but the day after, which is funny, they had him on the radio, and they said, what are you doing today? Yeah, to win on a Friday, you get a week off next week. He's like, I've just got into a taxi with Justin Pascoe. I have to go meet our new board. It's probably a good thing we won last night. And I was just like, well, it's a pretty uncomfortable situation to be yeah. in, or to be saying that. So yeah. I don't know how comfortable he feels in his job, but like I said, they've got... Well, he wouldn't be feeling real comfortable, would he? Well, they're not backing him. And right. then they've brought... So did Mark O'Neill in, and he's talking to Todd Payton. So the big boys clubs basically conspiring against him. Rolling on. Uh, they've got the bye this week, thank God. They could do with a break. South, they play Parramatta at home, and my God. The well, season almost goes online, doesn't it, really? Well, it's getting close to that point. I mean, it's, they've got to beat sides like Para, these sides that are going to end up down the bottom. Again, this is a game we flick past fairly quickly. The Warriors, 50-16 to 16 over Newcastle. Well, they'll just play with their food. Same old. Yeah, they 10-0 did. after 10. Then they took their foot off the pedal, as yeah. they do. They were within eight. Played their food. In the second half, they conceded 28, 30 points. Uh, they stripped them for numbers. They got a roll on. They were ruthless in the second half. And you and Lachlan Bickley's love affair with the Knights. Mate, he's loving the At least the they're trying Knights. to attack. Oh, they're horrendous. You tell me that play from Atoudia or some of the football or Coggers kicks, at least. I'll tell you what, it'd be a really something. great game what? to watch the Dragons versus Newcastle. That'd just be a super game. I'm sure game. it would be. But at least one's Leave trying. One's trying Absolute to attack. snore fest. The Dragons should be doing a lot better than what they are with their oh. attack. They're terribly emotional attacks. But, yeah, the same old, same old. I thought that was Cogger's best game, even though they got hammered. He set up a couple of tries. Well, the thing. Just leave him in there. That's what they need to do. Yeah, and Mataudia, again, like I said, something to me has clicked in his head with his intent. I thought he looked real lazy and low, and he got his Aussie jersey and was like, I don't want to be here. But the last probably four to six weeks, I think he's been really, really good, at least effort-wise, yeah. trying to prove a point that he's no flush in the pan and contact and that run for the try and just that play. They're the little things you look at. And the Safidi brothers again. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a harsh time. Lola here, and uh, the other one for me was Fussy Tua. Not because obviously they're easy to score. The try he scored was he had to circus act it twice to get in. Unbelievable. The yeah. dives for such a big man, the way he controls his body, are outstanding. So, and thank you, Bodine Thompson, because him and Kevin Proctor got made a decent win by scoring and winning. Uh, they've got the Roosters this week. The Warriors a good chance to keep rolling on during this Origin period as they do. Most years, a couple of forced changes, but we'll see how they go. Newcastle get the bye, well deserved. Right, if I'm Nathan Brown, I'm getting all the boys together. I'm getting on the turfs. To be honest, it's a well deserved break. I know they haven't been getting the results, but it's been a hard year. I'm getting together for a beer and having a bonding session. To be honest, yeah. Lock them in the in the bloody leagues club. Get loose for a bit. It's been a hard hard time. Sorry, cousin Gary. Yeah, move on. Titans. They like about the frigging Newcastle too. To Parramatta, twenty-two to twelve. Fast start, but dead set. You're your own worst. Well, this is another game. The amount of errors and ill discipline. Parramatta weren't great. Taylor was spot on the money early on with his first two kicks and set up tries, but after that, like the dropout out in the full. But this is this is erratic stuff. Who the Titans? And this is why when everyone falls in love with them one week, I sort of don't get too far ahead of myself because I know a performance like this is only around the corner Mm, because there's so many young players there. We don't really have a superstar. Um, I don't know why he won't 
pick Pete's and start him at nine. There's just a lot of different things there. William Zillman at one to me doesn't work. I think we're missing David Mead and Ash Taylor. This is that's who Ash Taylor is. He's only it's his first full year yeah, in first grade. He's a baby. He's going to have good games and bad games. Parsi's been really good. I enjoy watching. Him I just, they're just one of those sides that are going to be around the eight. I hope they don't lean in the eight because they're going to go straight out the back door. Mm. I hope. I hope the best teams, this origin period doesn't corrupt the table, no. and the best teams end up finishing in the eight. Well, Parramatta did a good job to patch things together with Edwards. He was quite solid at six. Obviously, he didn't kick, and the one time he did, did revoke his license straight away, but they just did a job. They hung in there. They got a couple opportunities, mostly penalty goals, really, which got them out to that lead, but the drop ball for Bevan French to run away, that was a freebie, and then Norman's later on was just an absolute awful defensive read. They were just held off. He got a quick player boy. He went straight through a gap and just kept on going. So, again, not awfully convincing, but um, they've been flat for a few weeks. They've been down, so I'm sure Arthur would be happy they got a win, but the Titans, they kind of let an opportunity slip yeah, there. and that's that's going to be Parramatta as well. I reckon you're going to catch They're Parramatta on month. Coaster, for their and, yeah, yeah, that's right. But, uh, you know, maybe they are thinking they can still make the eight, but no. I can't see it happening. Well, how can they mathematically? They need to win. I think they can mathematically. They win every single game, don't they? In the fact that all these other teams... Oh, I think a losing record is going to get you in the eight. <laughs> They're not making the eight. No, I'm just saying that a losing record, I think, will get you in... Well, the losing record at the moment has got you in the eight. 11 might get you in this year, maybe. Yeah. They're four and against. So what are they on now? Well. That's only their second win. They're not getting in. Yeah. No way. I'm not saying they are, they but I, I, I think maybe game. they think there's still a chance. Nah, but if they thought they were a chance, they would have won the last couple of weeks. They've been terrible. This is just one little week where they got up, and I didn't even think they were that good. But they've got Souths this week, another side that's flat. Uh, they're missing a few to Origin. Eels only missing Jennings. We'll see what they come up with. Titans, they get Manly. Manly get a couple of players back, but still um, not really a great-looking lineup. They only lose Bird, so good opportunity at home. Storm 46-0 over the Roosters. Um, this one's pretty easy to sum up as well. One-way traffic. They had a few chances early on, but they were denied. The best chance was Ferguson dropping that ball when he face-planted somehow. Uh, that could have been 12-6, but instead it's 18-0, and Melbourne just controlled the middle, put pressure on, and they dominated that left edge of the field. They went there a couple of times to get their points. Mm. Second half, he basically announced at half-time that Bellamy said, first 15 minutes, you just strangle them and don't let them off the carpet, then we explode. Literally 15 minutes on the dot, Chase Blair scored off that offload and it just opened up from there. Yeah, they just lacked them after that. The Roosters were frustrated, ill-disciplined, poor, lacked effort, and Melbourne were just Melbourne. Melbourne the same side every week. That's why they're a top four side. 38 of 40, 95% completion rate. 2,100 well, to Move 11 line breaks to none and nine errors to two. Good luck. And the Roosters were dog shit. Good luck. Let's just put it out there. Munster, Munster was outstanding. Yeah, Melbourne were great. Melbourne have been good for weeks and weeks and weeks. Melbourne have been good for most of the year, the apart from a three or four week forward pack period there where they sort of tinkered around and changed their style because it wasn't working, and they're, no, they're good enough to do to that. Mix now, but now they've they've been playing great footy. Now for they've got to mix. It. They've got basically what you speak about. They've got structure for unstructure. If they get an offload now, they're willing to roll they with play it. Footy, yeah. and then they reset afterwards. They do this thing that I've been looking at the last few weeks. They love that point just outside a near post. If they get away with an offload or anything, it's usually McLean and another forward. They take a trailer to the line, and if they don't tip it on, they just lay that line there. Smith counts the numbers. If they've got an uneven split, they jump to one side of the well, field. Simple, isn't it? But they've got a little bit of structure for unstructure, and they're third in offloads this year, so they are getting the right balance between 
what they like to do. Well, you wouldn't have seen that in years past. No, and what you need to do. So they, all these idiots saying that they haven't changed their style. They and have got, changed. They have. They've changed I've their watched, style. I've watched Melbourne closely. Trust me, we're a lot more interesting to watch than what we have been. Yeah. I've watched previous years and always been happy with the wins, but some of the games I've been bored as batshit. Mm. Um, we don't try anything. But I'd like to see Trent Robinson now experiment a little bit. Now yeah, that the season's done, I... I, I don't see how he can pick half a side again this week. I'd, I'd be doesn't have the troops. Through. Yeah, he's got injuries at the moment. He's got a couple of guys go to Origin. He's debuting Joseph Manu. I don't know what people no, want. Wyong are a fairly good side, aren't they? In the nah, cup? they're awful this year. Okay, that's what happens when you go up near the top. But he's exhausted all avenues, and they've got injuries. And Manu's probably the last one that's sitting there waiting. Nat Butch is a good kid in the twenties, but he's only a baby, eighteen as well. He doesn't need to be tortured in this situation and damaging mentally, but. Ah, throw him in for a couple of weeks. They've made all the changes they possibly probably could at this point in time, but they play the Warriors this week. Storm, they play away to the Dragons. Uh, I still think they're a good chance, honestly. But Sunday, Manly over Penrith, 31-24. I thought this one was strange game. Penrith errors and ill-discipline for 45, 50 minutes in the moment when everything stuck, and they went away from all the crap, and passes started to hit, and they rolled on and just pushed to the middle. They basically... Just torch Manly. And Manly are under strength, sure, but you shouldn't lose a lead of that that amount. No way. 24-4. No 24-4, and then at the 50th minute, you go on to concede 27 it's points. It's almost harder to lose that game than it is to win it. 20 points, yeah. It's four tries to get back into it. Penner found that and a field goal and iced it by seven. Mm. But I think it's literally summed up as easy in that. Penner for their own worst enemy as well. Full credit to Trebojevic, Walker. I thought they started with a great attitude, but... They are light on troops, and when the Penrith train got rolling and the passes were sticking and they just played what they saw in front of them, instead of this block-block crap, which doesn't suit them, they found points. Yeah. Clear was really good. It's nice to see someone take the liner and kick. Cartwright was decent enough doing his job there. He was just floating around. But well, he got better as the game went on. He looked, things looked more fluent as I, the game went on. I thought Latu was really, really good. Campbell Gillard, these kind of guys. So, um, decent result for them, and... It was nice when I think Gus highlighted that that whole right edge was from that 2013 NYC side. And you're seeing yeah. you know, seven local products in the side and Laoti got his debut as well. So um, things happening there. Manly, yeah, just troops. Got a couple of troops back this week, but it's been the same case all year. Yeah. Week in, week out. And they just do dumb stuff. Oh, they're dumb, but every week something's not right in the spine or someone's playing in a position. It's, it's been a bad year, but yeah. Got, yeah, I'm crying for you, Manly fans. I'm not crying for him, but I'm just saying. <laughs> They've got the Titans away this week. Penrith, they get the buy. Dragons, Dogs, 34-16. Scrappy as. It was It was very loose, but uh, just strange as well. We talk, the, the Dogs won't kick inside 20, basically. No, it's, it it's seems like Hasler's told them. We can't get a repeat set. The kicking game's not good enough. So we're just going to run and turn It's not over. good enough, but I've got all week to train and teach you how to do it. Well, but still, we're not going to do it. They're basically reluctant to kick oh, it inside. Then, then you got your back row putting crap Tony William put one in and got a repeat set. <laughs> he did get a repeat <laughs> set. So it's not that hard. Cassiano's throwing That's your job, Des. Your job is to teach them, your halves, how to kick. But they blew a lead early on. One was off a, you know, an error, which is a typical way for the Dragons to score. But their attack... Oh, their attack's very frustrating. If you want to bring it down to that moment, though, a lot of people reckon that Tony Williams thing cost in the game. I don't think it did. Uh, I, honestly, no way. No, I thought it was the wrong call, I, but no I, way it cost them the game. I thought the Bulldogs were the better side. but They, they won by 18 points. Yeah. Please. And they were both ordinary, to be honest. Both very ordinary. But Paul uh, McGregor can grab onto that for as long as he wants. No, There's yeah. absolutely no way that they would have won the game regardless of that call. No, I don't think they deserve to win that game. As no, bad, as, bad as I point. thought the Bulldogs were, I didn't think they were anywhere near as bad as what St. George are. They, just, they honestly 
Just try something different at training. Add something to your attack. Change something. They can't because they don't know how to. No. It's pretty obvious. It's been happening now for 18 months. Error. Try off. They snuck into the eight last year. They might well sneak into the eight this year, but they'll be out the back door. Well, I'll tell you what. It's going to be struggling to do it off their defense because that's what got them there last year. They missed 25 tackles in the first half. So you're not going to be getting in off that. I didn't think Frizzell was too bad yesterday. I thought Thompson was pretty good. Aiken tried hard, but... Bulldogs are better. Hopawato was really good. Rona, Graham and Clemmer, and T-Rex had one of his better games, but yeah, I'm still not over impressed. But they got the bye this week. They've banked another win, so they're probably going to be one of these sides you'd think now, uh, the way they're heading. To get into that bottom half of the eight. Yeah, I think only one win behind Brisbane, so still hanging around that battle. Maybe the origin period favours them. Uh, and then you look on the flip side, the Dragons, they've got Melbourne at home without Cronk and Smith this week, so if they're ever going to get a chance to beat them, this would be it. In the last game of the round was Cronulla versus the Cowboys. Cowboys got a fast start. Um, the Sharks adjusted there. They kind of held on for a little bit. And then Holmes took that intercept and they kicked the penalty goal there to kind of ease all the tension and get the half at eight all. But the second half, like I said, I was very impressed with the Sharks. Just absolute ruthlessness inside 20. The Cowboys never looked like they were going to get out of their own half. No, Cowboy, the difference in that game was the way that the Sharks exited their own end and the way that the Cowboys did. The Cowboys... They went into their shell, similar to what they did against Melbourne a few weeks ago, and it was a reason they got beat in the Melbourne game, in my opinion, and it was a reason they got beat last night. They ran one out from dummy half uh, and then tried to shift the ball late after the Sharks had won some tackles. It was just strange to see. I think that's something they've got to look at, and sides know that they're going to be negative out of their own end. Well, and I think it's also an issue for Brisbane because Brisbane are, play a similar style. I don't know whether the Cowboys have maybe pick that up from what Brisbane do. But if you watch, particularly if you watch those sides live, they just compress behind the ball like you wouldn't believe and run from dummy half and Sharks run one out. But the Sharks are picking that off. So they were getting three. sides against Cronulla, you've got to have to mix it up in yardage. But even when he put his guns back on, he put Tamau, Scott and Tamalolo, nothing changed. They got hammered. No, I'm not saying it's not the players, it's a tactic. It's fundamentally what we're, what you're trying to do. Like you're trying to take on the best, Dirty, grubby defensive side in the comp through the middle of the field. Yeah, well, I give. And Melbourne are the same. They give full marks for great line, forward pack, line speed effort. They force dropouts. They forced errors. They don't pin down there basically most of the half. Yeah, they, but but what frustrated me is, is that that's the reason they were losing. But they never changed. They didn't try anything different. Why? They didn't try to. They tried to shift a few times. Sharks yeah, but just, after two or three tackles, after they've been dominated on the first Sharks few tackles, are still cotton onto it anyway. Though. They were jamming up. They did a really good. Needed job. to do it earlier in the uh, sets. They got one opportunity off a penalty there, where they got the penalty goal. But uh, you know the Sharkies, they got a couple opportunities through that ruthless aggression and the pressure they built inside that half. They got two penalty goals and obviously field goal late there, and then that Graham moment, which, like I said, hoping doesn't have an effect on what happens with him playing for New South Wales. But uh, even the Sharks. Oh, they deserve that win in the end. They were the better side, and they got a bad call at the end. Of that barber knock-on, that wasn't a knock-on. It wasn't. That was an awful They deserve to win, Cronulla. The Cowboys needed to find a plan B, but they couldn't. Yeah, yeah. full marks to them. Uh, I thought there was a good collective effort. Maloney kicked really well in the night. A couple of, Jack Bird, again, was another one who played really well. He just loves throwing blokes. He's a lot stronger than what he looks, Jack Bird. Mm. A lot stronger than what he looks. But uh, that wraps up the reviews of the games from the weekend. Both those sides, by the way, have the bye. Like we said, no gossip, and there's basically not much cooking this week anyway. I had a look. The only thing that I really saw today is that Greg Eden's going back to Castleford, so whoop-de-doo. Yeah. Uh, the English Billy Slater, he's absolutely kidding himself, so have fun back in the Super League. So is he going back immediately? No, nah, it's the end of the year, I think. But, yeah, he's the English Billy Slater, apparently. 
just like Sam Tompkins is better yeah, than right him as well. Right. So, good times. Good track record with those blokes coming out. Short and round this week. I've got gossips, tips, man, Brock. We've got ours we're going to do now. And obviously, the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. We got a win last week for the charity bet. Yeah, we did. My Warriors 13 plus. So, good times. I think that was 225 or 220. No, we only got 100 and something. Yeah. So, it would be 115, 120. Not too bad, not too bad. But this week, the first game, South Sydney versus the Parramatta Eels. And looking at changes for this one, obviously Adam Reynolds goes to origin. Bryson Goodman was injured and English goes to origin. So they've brought Damian Cook back on the bench. Josh Goglowski is back on the bench. And Luke Keary in from his injury last week. He's in the halves with Cody Walker. Johnston moves for fullback. And Sasifa Talakai, the debutant from a couple of weeks ago, gets to start in his preferred position of centre. Parramatta, same side as last week, except Tautai goes in for Jennings. Um, I'd like to think the effort's going to be there again this week, but Souths have been so terrible, so for me it's pretty easy to back Parramatta. Yeah, I'll tip Parramatta. But yeah. who knows, because Souths, as you said, are so bad, and Parramatta are so up and down. You wouldn't know what kind of mood they're going to be in this week. And, you know, Their season's basically scratched, and this whole situation drags on. But Gossip's gone power as well, so power all around. And the odds with WilliamHill.com, Souths are $2.00. At home, Parramatta a dollar eighty minus one and a half is a line. One to twelve for Souths, three sixty-five, three forty-five for the Eels, and thirteen plus for Souths, four fifteen, three fifty for Parramatta. Saturday night it is the Melbourne Storm. They take on the St George Illawarra Dragons, and that's St George's home game at Wynn Stadium uh, for them. No one got dragged in unless Tyson Frizzell gets drafted into camp, so they've named the same side again. For Melbourne, Blake Green returns at halfback. Toe Harris will play at six again. And Cameron Smith out. They've put Kenny Bromwich at number nine and added young Tom Lapaya and Matt White as 17th and 18th man. Um, this one for me, I know the halves are out, but I think we're getting less reliant on them and we've got enough there in Greeny, Harris and Munster and that forward pack. I'm going to stick with Melbourne. I'm going to tip the Dragons, but I hate these rounds. It's Mickey Mouse, who knows? Yeah, well, it's another pot shot at a good side. They got the Cowboys during Origin, and they right. get Melbourne during Origin. So they should have lost against the Cowboys. They whinged at the start of the to play the Cowboys in Brisbane. And it's funny how yeah, these these Origin games are played down at Wynn Stadium, which is notoriously the hardest place to play the Dragons. Mm. But I'm saying at the start of the year, they whinged about their road trip. It, it corrupts the comp. It, this, these sort of games corrupt the comp. Yeah, but they get two lobbies during this period anyway. I know that. It, but, so. you know, this might cost Melbourne the minor premiership. And they don't, they've got, they're missing half their freaking side. Oh, we're only missing two. But we've got Kiwis... Is it only Cronk and Smith? Cronk and Smith. Well, that's, still, that's what I'm saying. That is half his salary. We've got to the point where our... That's half his salary cap. And Chambers is still injured as well, so that's no good there. But uh, Gossip, he's with you. He's gone the Dragons, and the Dragons are $1.50 favourites with William Hill. Melbourne, $2.60 minus 6. And look, when I watch this game, I'll be cheering for Melbourne. I will be, easily. Minus 6 is the line. The margin, 1-12 for the Dragons, 3-10, 4-15 for the Storm, 275 13 plus for the Dragons, $6 for Melbourne. 13 plus Sunday it is the Warriors versus the Roosters uh, things don't get any easier for the Roosters Abraham Parley drops out Aiden Guerra and Blake Ferguson go to origin Vunikitsi is obviously out as well he's drafted in Chris Smith they got from Penrith back uh, into the bench and you've got Dylan Napa returning Isaac Liu returns Kenny Dow returns so he's got a few ins this week and Joseph Manu the junior Kiwi he gets a debut on the wing, the Warriors, they're forced to make two changes. Manu's done a hamstring, so Ken Marmolo, a great player, comes in on the wing. Lilliman goes to origin, so Toa Foa Sipoli, he's back on the bench. Uh, even with all those changes, I, I couldn't go the Roosters, to be honest. 
I'm no gonna, worries. We're going to go the Warriors over there in New Zealand, and uh, yeah, gossip agrees with us there. Roosters just look like they're a bit over things, they're a bit frustrated. So a dollar forty-one with William Hill are the Warriors two ninety for the Roosters minus seven and a half is a line one to twelve. Warriors is three ten four fifty-five for the Roosters thirteen plus two forty-five for the Warriors seven twenty-five for the Roosters. In the last game of the round, your Titans at home against Manly. Uh, the only change for you, bloke, is Greg Bird is out of the side. Nathan Davis is put back in. Hurrell's been named 18th man. I don't know whether that's because he didn't play well or he, he got injured last week, didn't he? No, I think he yeah, injured his calf. He went out, so maybe he's got in there and to see if he passes a fitness test or whatnot again. On the flip side, Dylan Walker goes to origin. Nate Miles is injured. Jamie Lyon returns at 5'8". Uh, Liam Knight's been named on the bench again as 18th man, and Tapau comes into the front row for Miles, so... Oh, this is a hard one, but because you're at home and I think you, you won't play bad two weeks in a row, I'm going to go with the Titans, but not with a whole lot of confidence. Yeah, the Titans, because they're at home. Yeah, and Gossip has also gone the Titans and the odds. They are heavy favourites with William Hill, $1.45 the Titans, Manly, two seventy five minus six and a half is the line, one to twelve, three ten for the Titans, four thirty five for Manly, thirteen plus two fifty five for the Titans, six fifty. It's a pity uh, DC isn't playing this game. Mm. Chuck Rocks at him. Well, charity bet. You're looking at these four. Warriors 13 plus. I think we just double up. Mate, I think Melbourne beat the Dragons. I really do. What do you want to split it? We'll go, you go 50 on that and I'll have 50 on the Warriors 13 plus. Well, you can have that if you want. Yeah. Done. There you go. 50 on Melbourne at $2.60 and Brock's going to have 50 on the Warriors 13 plus at two forty-five. So uh, if we both grab a win there, we should get just over $100 again, basically. Yep. So I went up with about 110 $115. A big thank you to WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Keep your eyes open for all their specials and uh, any promotions out there. And don't live in the past with these other agencies. You can bet live on your phone. How good is that? Outstanding. For deviants. I'm doing it right now. For deviants such as ourselves, it's a very, very dangerous recipe. And Boxhead, our other sponsors, Kaiser Sports, you had that yesterday? No. You had the Queen's Pop birthday? Holiday. So, so it was off. Yeah. Back to business next week. <laughs> yep. And what about rugby league coach men? I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I had one that uh, appeared in the May edition, which has only just gone out, I think. So it's out now? Yep. Oh, May well. or June? No, it'd have to be. I don't know. Yeah, well, June, I think. Yeah. It's coming out. June edition. Yeah, well, this month's edition, June. Well, there yeah. you go. So that'll be up there. But Kaizen Sports is devoted towards bridging the gap between amateur and elite sport. We are on a mission to provide all athletes the opportunity to experience high-performance training, resources, and supportive uh, support that only elite athletes receive. Our business services include performance academies, functional movement screenings, team building, and leadership workshops and pre-season camps. The Kaizen Rugby League Summer Academy is coming soon, so check them out on Facebook at Kaizen Sports Performance to keep up to date with all activity. Kaizen spelled K-A-I-Z-E-N. Look for them on Facebook. Get any details you want. Go on to the website and Rugby League Coach Emmanuel. Keep your eyes open, like Brock just said, for his article in the June edition. It should be out now. And uh, get onto that website. But as a Rugby League Coach, you have many different jobs. Some include being a mentor, a teacher, a leader, a counsellor, and a drill sergeant. One of the most important roles as a coach is getting the best out of your players. If you are there to get the best out of your players, who is there to get the best out of you as a coach? Well, let me tell you, it's Rugby League Coaching Manual. They've been providing coaching educational material to coaches since 93 through their flagship publication, Coach Talk, DVDs, and drill books. All this material is now available online through your very own RLCM membership, which gives you access to hundreds of articles and videos on coaching rugby league. 
In addition to this, you also receive access to online courses, an invitation to the monthly coaching webinar, plus a new edition of Coach Talk every month. To start your 30-day free trial, just visit rlcm.com.au and join as a foundation member today. That basically wraps us up for this week, I think, though. We've given a plug to Kaizen, given a plug to good old rugby league coaching manual. Make sure you check both of those out. Kaizen, K-A-I-Z-E-N, and rlcm.com.au. And uh, William Hill, big thanks to them. Charity bets for this week, 50 on Melbourne to win at 260 and 50 on the Warriors, 13 plus at 245. You got your reviews. We answered your questions. No gossip this week. He'll be back next week. But for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.